We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this mini-series I'm doing called A Personal History of Silicon Valley Recessions. This is a five-part series of what it was like to go through two, and yes, now starting three, recessions in Silicon Valley. This is part four, titled Global Pandemic Recession. And it's about the recession that the COVID-19 created when the world basically shut down overnight. If you're just tuning in, I'd highly recommend listening to the other three parts so you get the full Monty, so to speak, of all of my craziness, I guess, or uh, just my thoughts. Most of you listening now, this one will feel very familiar, right? Because you've lived through it. But we're going to talk more about kind of what this means moving forward. More on that will be in part five. What's interesting about the COVID-19 recession was how short-lived it was from an official recession point of view. It literally lasted two months, starting in February of 2020 and ending officially in April of 2022. But I don't think that's really the full story, as all of us did living through this, right? Sure, the official recession was over quick. But there were lasting changes in the economy and labor markets as the COVID-19 pandemic unfolded, right? What was surprising was the quick spike in unemployment and reduction in GDP growth, followed by a rebound or what economists call this kind of V-shaped recovery, right? Still, the normal recession indicators might have recovered. It certainly did not feel like progress. I'm sure all of us knew that, right? We can still probably feel it to this day. One thing that was interesting about the early times of the pandemic was my participation on the San Francisco Economic Recovery Task Force. This diverse group of all sorts of leaders and business people were chartered by Mayor Breed to figure out how to keep the economy going and plan for when the pandemic would be over. 
While an official recession might have been over, San Francisco leadership was worried that the reduction in the tourist-driven economy coupled with a shutdown of live in-person events would cripple the economy. I mean, no one was going to work, right? So downtown, as you can imagine, was really not that jumping. It was fascinating to be part of something like this since it would get we'd get briefings from like the Department of Health, the city economist, various department heads. I mean, it was oh, it was amazing what people are trying to do to kind of like make sure we got through it. So kind of what does this all mean? Well, if you look around the city that you live in, you probably see what I see. Closed businesses that could not make it through even a couple of months of shutdown. In some cases, it's worse. In some places, it's better. But generally, you saw the same thing I saw, right? Couple that with this new work-from-home shift in downtowns like San Francisco are like ghost towns. In fact, they still are ghost towns. But we'll talk more about that later in part five. When people stopped going downtown, things got out of hand, or rather the normal care and nurturing of the culture clearly went into decline, right? You see this play out every day, both on the news, I'm sure if you guys are listening to the news back then in San Francisco, even to this day, or you like walk or drive through downtown. To add even more fuel to the fire, the whole quiet quitting and actual quitting from folks that were fed up and wanted to prioritize life instead of work. So people were just like realizing, gosh, do I really want to do this? Like maybe I should do something more. One of the other important things to consider was the way communities reacted to the pandemic as well and how they were set up to handle it, right? In San Francisco specifically, lockdown was taken a lot more seriously, right? School, you've heard this, right? Schools were closed for longer than most places. Vaccines were mandated to, mandated, sorry, to stop the spread, in the early days of the pandemic, this was considered prudent. And, you know, the results here showed it. I mean, we didn't have as much deaths. We didn't have as much, you know, cases. But, you know, that's going to hurt the economy, right? Our discussion on the task force revolved around how to support businesses so they could continue to, to you know, go on with all these restrictions. And it was like a really tough balancing act back then. Because really, no one really understood how things were going to play out. And yeah, you know, back in the, I mean, you know, McNamara called it the fog of order in Vietnam, which, you know, in hindsight, of course, is, of course, we shouldn't have been there. But God, when you're in the soup of it and you're worried that, you know, entire populations are going to die, it was, it was tough, right? And it, I don't think, you know, you can kind of Monday morning quarterback it all you want, but People were trying to do the right thing that they thought at the time. And, you you know, you got to take a pass, right? For whatever, however you think about that. But, <coughs> excuse me, once restrictions were relaxed, it was still hard to understand how all of this would impact the economy, right? Because we had several fits and starts and fits and starts, openings and closings. That made everything a ton more difficult, Right. So what we saw in San Francisco, in fact, what we saw even in throughout California is people were leaving. They fled San Francisco. Actually, San Francisco proper, they went to the suburbs, they went to counties, they moved, a lot of them moved east to San Francisco. And a lot of people even went all the way to Texas, right? Movement like this is common during recessions, right? It happened both in 2000 and 2008, but not at the scale that we saw now. Some argued 
that San Francisco and Silicon Valley were just done, right? Too expensive, too much crime, no longer fun. Why would I live in a place where I can work from home anywhere in the world and still make the same money? Like, why, you know, why even be here, right? And honestly, true enough, right? It it wasn't that pleasant to live here. And again, everyone knows I live in San Francisco, right? This mix was even a more perfect storm of what was to come, which we're going to talk about in the last part, part five. But just so you know, what you see here in San Francisco and a lot of urban areas that had restrictions and people going in and out, and then generally during boom and bust cycles, people move in and out anyway, was that the fundamental kind of uh, cultural infrastructure and, you know, economic activity is taking longer to recover. And so that's obviously going to play a huge part moving forward. So thanks for listening to part four of a personal history of Silicon Valley recessions. This part was about the global pandemic recession, the short one we just went through. Stay tuned for part five, which will bring us up through the present day and a little bit beyond. We'll try to figure out, you know, what to do, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, until next time, chin up, shoulders back, and keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learn something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.